Welcome to the 3G Podcast, a series on girls who are chasing their goals and reaching new heights in their respective worlds. I'm co-host and two-time USA Olympian, Nicole Ossinger. I'm your other co-host and owner and designer of Cam Swim, Cameron Norfleet. And we're we're girls going for gold. Okay, everybody, we are here for another episode of the 3G Podcast. Today, we have Brooke Boyd um, with Brooke Boyd Photo and Film out of New Orleans, Louisiana. We are super excited to have her on the episode today. So, Brooke, uh, thanks for joining in. Of course, y'all. So, if you want to, just give us a little background about you and um, where you're from and all that good stuff. Oh, my gosh. Okay, my name's Brooke. I'm a photographer. We do photography and videography. And we do weddings and we also do babies. Um, and I love how I say we, it is a, it's a team, but I really am the one that, that goes everywhere and shoots everything. Um, and when we have weddings, we have a team with us, but, um, as far as photos go, it's, it's just me, (laughs) but we do (laughs) weddings and, um, babies, um, all the good stuff that I, I love to shoot. So, yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, what age did you actually start taking photos or that you like really got into photography? I think around 14 or 15, it was Christmas one year and I found um, something online of, um, it was actually on YouTube. When YouTube started getting popular with uh, younger creatives, I would just sit there and watch videos of other people that were taking pictures and videos. And I loved that. And so I was like, mom, I really want a camera for Christmas. And they um, got me one. And ever since then, I kind of kept it as a hobby. And um, then it just evolved from there. But I started shooting when I was about 14 or 15. Yeah. That is so young. But I know, I feel like YouTube is such a place where like you can learn so much information. Is that where you learned like how to, like what camera to get? Because like out of 14 or 15, like for Christmas, like how did you know what camera you wanted? So I found some people, actually, there was one girl in Utah that I found on Instagram and I loved her work. She and her husband were doing photos and videos. And so I actually messaged them and was like, Hey, uh, what gear are y'all using and why do you love it? And, um, from there I just, um, fell in love with, I was actually shooting Nikon first and then I ended up switching to Canon once I was doing it more professionally. But, um, yeah, I just asked and looked at videos and I think that the internet allowed us to look up anything at that time. So we were Mm -hmm. able to figure out, okay, you know, if this is the camera I want, what do the pictures look like? And I think back then, um, I I wasn't like I went to a school for photography Mm -hmm. or anything. Um, I just sort of picked up the camera, started shooting and figured out, okay, wait, I don't like how that looks. How do I fix that? And, um, trial and error, just figured it out. That's awesome. So what year, what year was that? That would be like, Oh my gosh. Um, well, it's a, it's definitely been a journey through right. photography, videography. I think it kind of started because my mom was a flight attendant and so we would travel, but we would fly standby. So if you're not sure, and if you've never flown standby, you can't get on the plane unless they have space for you. So my mm-hmm. family would live in the airport until they had space on the plane for five people. So I had my camera, I had my laptop and I was just like, all right, let me just take pictures of our travels, our vacations. And I would sit there and figure out how to put a movie together. And from there, I just figured, okay, I love doing this. It's so much fun. But, you know, I was in school. I was in high school. And then I went to college. And um, I did not think this is something I could do as a full-time job. I never knew that opportunity was available. I think everyone that I knew um, personally was much, much older. And it was a studio, but, you know, all the flashlights and, like, 
studio setting and the drop down coal. Mom brought me to Kmart when I was little and they were like, do you want Christmas and snowy backgrounds or do you want like a fireplace? And it was a scroll and you know, you'd pick out the pictures on a computer and print it. Um, so it's, it's, that was kind of a little bit of a different, um, outlook on photography and definitely did not think it's something I could do full time. So I think starting younger, trying to figure it out. And then along the way, I've definitely had mentors. I'm really big into that. And um, not only that, but there's so many podcasts and YouTubes and so much out there that's free and available. Um, But definitely throughout the journey of that, I've had to, um, you know, look into more of a not classroom setting, but um, retreats. I'm a big, big believer in, you know, going out of town and learning from other people, not just in your local area. So, yeah. That's actually really cool. You know, I didn't even think about like seeking out other, you know, areas to go and learn. Cause I think a lot of people kind of have like those blinders on where they just think it's only in your city, but really like you can go anywhere around the world if you can and like learn. And I think that gives you just like different perspectives and like, you can gain so much more because it is people who have different mindsets and different views and how they like work. So I never even thought about that. That's really cool that you decided to do it. Did you have someone, Yeah. did you have someone that like encouraged, like, was your mom like encouraging you to like go and do all those things? Or you just kind of like, Hey, I'm going to do it. Like see y'all in a little bit. Oh yeah. So Oh my gosh. Thank God for parents. And I think it's definitely now because I'm a mom. I'm like, Oh my gosh, thank God. They, they, you know, believed in me and let me do this. I remember I got to a point and this is kind of funny. I was thinking about it last night and I was like, how do I explain the evolution of where I started to where I am now? It's, it's literally like a pack game, like, you know, Pac-Man and yeah, there's dots everywhere and there's twists and turns and it's a huge map. That is how I feel with the evolution of how, um, this all came to be. Yeah. Um, I remember it was after college and I graduated from LSU and I did not want to do, um, you know, I got a general studies degree. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I wanted to be a dental hygienist and then I, I did too I at one get, point. <laughs> you did? I would yes. be the worst hygienist ever because I talk way too much. I, my patients would absolutely hate me. Who wants to be in a chair with stuff in your mouth and then have people <laughs> trying to talk to you? I can't imagine. <laughs> What were you saying, Nicole? Oh, no, I didn't say. I'm laughing at the fact that you said that you talk too much. And I'm thinking about how when I just went to the dentist like two weeks ago and they're like talking to me and I'm like, I I can't say one word to you right now. I'm like raising my hand like I'm ready. I'm ready to talk now. Right. We're going today no. and they actually booked me out like longer appointments because they're like, we know you're going to go in there and talk. So we'll we'll no. add time to your appointment. <laughs> No, that no one would want to come in. They, no one would want me. They wouldn't. They'd be like, I need the other hygienist. But I thought at the time that was the end of the world to me. I was so upset that I did not get into hygiene school. I thought that was what I wanted to do. And so then I was like, well, I'll just finish LSU, get my degree in general studies and then figure it out. And I actually ended up doing real estate. And I, to be honest, I hated it. I really did. I, I busted my butt and had multiple deals, you know, going on at the time. And all of them fell through. And I was just hit with, okay, how am I going to pay for stuff now? Like I've put everything into this, um, for so long and now all of them, you know, for different reasons fell through. And so, um, the only thing I had to do was juggle anything I could do to make money. And so I was, you know, bartending at Saints games on the weekend. And then, um, you know, with photography, I put up this random ad on Facebook and was like, 
I'll do Christmas pictures for families for $20. And I had some families sign up and then turns out I'm at a picnic bench um, at the park and people just didn't show up. And I remember feeling like a complete failure and I was so upset, but I just kept with it. And, you know, I knew I didn't like real estate. And so I had to try to make this work. And so I just busted my butt and would shoot anything. I would shoot for boutiques. I would shoot for bloggers. I would shoot interiors, even though I was not an interior photographer. Um, thankfully no one asked me to shoot food because that's an entirely different thing. But, um, I just, you know, kept taking pictures of anything until it eventually took over. And thankfully my parents were able to lend me the money for my first professional camera. The camera had the time broke and someone hired me for a proposal. And I was like, mom and dad, I promise, like, I know this is the camera I want. I've looked up, I've done all the research. I know this is the camera. I know this is the lens I need. I've got someone that wants me to shoot a proposal, but I don't have the money to buy it. I promise I will pay you back. I have a house that is supposed to sell. It's supposed to close in a month. Can I please borrow this money? And they lent it to me gladly. I, the house closed. I got the commission check. And then right after that, I wrote them a check and I felt so excited because I was like, all right, I did it. I feel like things are finally turning around. Um, but then I had to make ends meet by booking more shoots, but that allowed me to do that. So thankfully my parents, um, definitely helped me. I don't know what I would have done without that as much. Um, cause you, you know, you get to a point where you can shoot with the cameras, like those point and shoot cameras, but mm-hmm. once you try to take it a little bit further, you, you can't really, you can't really, um, be shooting weddings on point and shoot cameras and right. Like so, yeah. <laughs> so at what age was that, that you decided, like, you know, when you started like doing your first proposal and you started realizing, okay, I have this nice, like professional photographer, like camera and now I want to do like weddings and more like professional shoots like at what age was that oh my gosh I couldn't even tell you how old I was um I know it was after college um and you know it's funny I would have never I would have never done anyone's wedding by um okay now I should say that again I never would have said I can shoot your wedding if I wasn't fully confident and so mm-hmm. it's funny the the first, um, you know, wedding that I did was actually in Mexico and it was my husband's cousin that was getting married and they had some photographer included in their wedding package. But I, you know, offered, I said, I would love to shoot photo and video at your wedding. Do you, would you let me shoot for you? I've never done a wedding before, but I've done families and babies. Like, do you mind? And they were like, yeah, sure. You know, whatever. Um, the package they had didn't include someone, you know, doing the getting ready portion or the reception. It was really just, um, the ceremony footage. And, uh, yeah. So from there I marketed, um, that I did weddings, but I never would have advertised, you know, that I did weddings because that was so scary to me at the time. I mean, a wedding is a huge deal and I knew I had never done it before. So I definitely didn't want to do it, um, unless I felt confident. And after I did, that first one, um, I felt so much better. Uh, it's like an adrenaline rush. I know I'm sure y'all can relate to this, but, um, especially Nicole, when you're, you don't have a second chance, you have to, a wedding, you don't get to say, Oh, can you redo the vows again? Can y'all go back to that part where you said you love each other, but do it with a little more enthusiasm or a little more emotion. You can't do that. You have to just be in the spot, ready to go. And sometimes things happen. So thinking on the fly is super important too, as far as, um, okay, her bail is coming out of her head down the aisle. What do you do? Do you grab it? Do you keep shooting? Do you know, where, where do you do? So, um, I felt so much better after that first one. And then from there, um, 
I started to get a little more confident, but I was so scared to do that first. So I was glad they were like, yeah, we don't care. Just go for it. Shoot whatever you want. And that's awesome. Just give us the stuff after. So I was like, okay. (laughs) What's your favorite thing to shoot? Like out of all the things that you like pictures of and everything. I can't say I have a favorite. It's so dumb to say it really is because it's such a, (laughs) you know, easy answer, but (laughs) I think because what I, what I shoot is so important between moms bringing home babies from the hospital for the first time or the day that someone's waited their entire life to get married. Those are both such crucial days. I get the same feelings from shooting both. And I leave both of those with like a lot of love on my heart, just because everyone's waited their entire life to either bring a baby home or get married. And you feel that on the wedding days. I feel that as a photographer and you don't realize you're with your photographer, your videographer. Um, and then when you come home, having someone in your house after having a brand new baby and it's absolute chaos, um, those are really intimate moments and I don't take that lightly. And so it, it, I can't say I like one over the other cause they're all so important and there's not, um, a day that goes by that I'm like, I can't believe I get to shoot this. I can't believe I get to be here for this. And it's awesome. I love it so much. What do you think the biggest challenge was in the beginning, starting with like, like right when you decided that you were going to shoot weddings? The biggest challenge? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest challenge was just starting, honestly. Like just I, getting one foot in front of the other, just like doing it. Absolutely. Just waking up every single day and fully grinding it out. The second I woke up until the second my head hit the pillow, I was doing nothing but photography and videography and booking and editing and trying to manage everything all myself. And um, I think the biggest challenge is honestly just saying, all right, I'm going to do this. And I think looking back, I didn't have a lot of fear doing it because I thought this was my only option. You know, I knew I didn't like um, real estate. And it's funny. I say that I didn't like it because now I'm so thankful I did that because my husband and I, um, we ended up starting to do real estate investing and, um, purchasing property, um, to rent out and sell. And so I never would have thought at the time that would have been helpful, but I'm thankful that is where it led us because I, you know, knew, okay, I didn't like it in this aspect. I really want to do photography. How do I make this full time? Um, But in order to get there, I had to juggle multiple jobs and eventually it did take off. But I think back then I was really not as scared of um, starting the business. I think I was just like, how do I make this work? I know I love this. Like, what do I have to do to get there? And so I just did nothing but that until um, eventually it took over and I was able to do less real estate and less bartending and uh, do (laughs) photography and photography full time. So Yeah, I think the biggest challenge is just getting to the point where you're like, I'm going to do this and I'm not looking back. There is no other option. I'm not going to let anything get in my way, whether it be a camera breaking or um, a schedule conflict or anything like that. I'm just going to figure out a way to make it work. Do you think that real estate and bartending helped you as a like better with like your photography? Like, do you think it like taught you how to? Um, I think even since college, I would juggle multiple jobs, helped me just figure out how to juggle multiple things. I'm a mom now, and I also am a photographer, videographer, 
and and then I also like to do real estate stuff with my husband and so juggling all those things has definitely helped me now juggle just different things I wonder like I feel like okay so like bartending like you have to be like quick and like moving and stuff wonder like if that like in a wedding situation like you're running around like crazy person like always trying to be in every location like I wonder if that like kind of played into like you just like being agile and ready to like work and move yeah I think when you bartend and I I did it at a Saints game so it was it was very quick pace um Mm -hmm. and then I would also do festivals so we would go out of state and work at festivals and it's funny looking back because I actually did it with my husband too and I think it's really important to be able to work work with your spouse not everyone does that um (laughs) you absolutely want to kill each other but then at the same time it's fun. And, um, we would work festivals together and then eventually he started helping me with photo and video. Um, but yeah, um, when I would work in college, we were working at a daiquiri store and he was my manager and we both worked together for that too. Um, there would be times where you're out of state working at a festival and a machine would break and you've got a line of 40 people. How can you serve if you don't have it working? And so he would be trying to like take apart the machine and fix it. And then I'm just trying to keep people happy. Like, Hey, so sorry, it's broken. Um, so I think that in relation to weddings and I guess a little bit of babies too, um, it's just all chaos. So I think that being able to juggle multiple jobs, high stress jobs are, um, did help me along the way because weddings and family photo shoots and babies are all pretty stressful. So, uh, yeah. I could not imagine doing that. Like when you were talking about taking pictures for weddings and the, the, the veil was coming off, I think I'd like, I get so nervous. Like I start sweating sometimes. I would not be able to do it. Like that just like freaks me out. It is so true, but it's such an adrenaline rush because you want everything to go so well. But at the same time, I always love to say it's, it makes things so relatable too when things don't go right. And if you try so hard for perfection, like it's just, it's, something is bound to happen on a wedding day. Like something is going to go wrong during a newborn session. The baby is going to poop over the outfit that was absolutely perfect that you've laid out. That's been handed down for generations. It's just going to happen. Um, and so to be able to just make it work and, um, figure out a solution the best you can is, is the best thing that you can do. And it's all you can do. And I think that even when I see the moms in the back of the church, so anxious about, um, you know, the ring bear, the flower girl walking down. Oh my gosh, they're going to scream. And I'm like, everyone loves when the baby screamed down the aisle. It's so cute and it's sweet and it's just kids, you know, like, what can you do? So, um, and then certain things on a wedding day, we do try to, um, prevent, you know, I see people put the veil in every weekend. So I'm like, all right, is that, is that, you know, plugged in, not plugged in. It's a terrible word. I'm, you know, I'm thinking, is that, is it you know, strapped to your head? Is it pinned in, in a way that, you know, is, is not going to come out. And, um, you know, this is totally like separate, but one thing I just thought of is, um, a lot of times the dads will accidentally step on the veil. They get so wrapped up in the emotion of handing their daughter away that they, they don't, they trip on the veil. And so I usually try to make a point to say, okay, just letting you know, you're going to cross over to the other side. So my little tip is just wait until you see the very end of her veil crossing in front of you. And then once you see her veil go up to the altar, then that's okay to cross over because I had it happen way too many times. And finally 
I said, all right, I'm going to try to do some intervention here. All right, this is not going to happen. We're going to give them a heads up before because they would feel so bad after. And then the bride would get flustered. And that's the very beginning of the ceremony. So um, there are some things that are bound to happen. And then others, I'm like, let's try to see how we can fix this and make this better because I don't want that to happen if we can prevent it. So mm-hmm. yeah. you probably sound like a pro too. Like when you say I, that, they're like, ooh, <laughs> she's good. <laughs> No, I just really want the best for them. If there's something I can say or help or do. And the thing is a lot of people don't realize I do this almost every single weekend. This is, you know, weddings, babies, all that. So this is a lot of their first time and only time they will ever get married. And so it's totally expected that they will feel overwhelmed, stressed out, you know, not sure. And if there's something that I can do because I do it so often, then of course I'm going to talk about it or, you know, tell them, Hey, here's a tip. Same thing for my brides. Um, don't be the last person in the makeup chair. You want to be able to be in some of those selfies and photos with your friends. So try getting ready a little bit earlier. Don't be the last person. And then you can sit back a little bit because the second they're done, it's so quick. It's such a quick, quick day as far as like, all right, you're here, you're here, you're here. And so I love to try to tell them that. I'm, I'm a completely open book. I love to share that. But sometimes when you're in that position, you're overwhelmed. It's a lot. And so I only want to give all that out unless someone's asking, okay, know do you have any information or tips or things like that then I'm like all right I would do this but other than that Mm -hmm. I try to try to be you know in the background when I need to be there I'll be there but um it's a lot so I I think about them you know and what they're going through too yeah that's really awesome that like you know you can give them that advice and everything especially because like that'll calm them down and make you make them feel like okay I have like someone on my side like helping me out which I think is like super important especially like you said in those like in those intimate you know, moments that just like fly by, you're not, they're not thinking straight. So like if they have someone that is and clearly and like can calm them down and that's like super, super special. Oh yeah. And I feel lucky to be there. That's, it's such a huge day that I'm truly, I'm lucky when then I feel that every time. That's, that's really cool. So, you know, you were saying how, like when you decided to do photography, like there wasn't really like a fear or like, I guess there was fear, but you were just like, I have no other option. I'm doing this now that like you're, you know, more set up do you ever have like any fears that creep in or doubts that creep in now that you know you have like more years and like you're just you know growing your business do you have any fears that you struggle with I don't think it's necessarily a fear I think that being in a creative um business it's very easy to compare yourself to other Mm -hmm. artists and what's so great about the area that we're in in Louisiana um, is that everyone is so kind and at least that I've come across. Yeah. Um, And I think that it's something that's so important, especially when you're starting out to be able to get help and um, having, like I've said before, mentors is so important because you can say, Hey, I'm feeling in a creative rut. You know, I'm not as inspired right now. I want to feel that, that, passion again for it. And that's totally normal. It might not seem that way, but I know any other photographer or videographer that's listening can relate to this. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's important to be able to think, all right, I need to kind of take care of myself, get back in a good mindset. Um, And I don't think it's necessarily a fear, but I think that that burnout is definitely a real thing because we're giving Mm -hmm. so much of ourselves to whoever's in front of us when we're shooting. And then at the end of the day, we're still a person that needs to take care of ourselves. We have other things that are just as important to us, you know, mentally, emotionally. And so, which I mean, that's, that's really like 
that's true. Because I mean, it's it's life. You're gonna have highs and lows no matter what. I'm sure, like mm-hmm. you know, Nicole can relate. I can relate. Like there are times where like I'll get a suit back from a sample, and I'm like, this I need to fix it. But like, I, what I need I need some inspiration. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm Nicole. I'm sure yeah. you're like, okay, today I do not feel like flipping. <laughs> you know, Aww. no, like literally, literally, like the best explanation I can think of, at least for myself, was like during COVID at like how the Olympics got postponed for another year. I was like, I'm done. I've wasted four years. Why would I go another year? Like five years is so long. Like I told myself I was going to be done. And then I ended up falling back in love with everything just because I took like the time to like focus on myself. And then I ended up making the Olympics, thankfully. But now I had always thought that I was going to quit. And now I love it so much that I'm like, all right, I'm going to go another three years. Like, (laughs) I guess. And I'm pretty sure in like a year from now, I'm going to be like, this was the worst decision. Why did I do it? But it's okay. I mean, we all learn from our mistakes and I think that's, that's what matters. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to like, know, like some days you just need a little pick me up and then it's going to be okay. You know, hundred percent. No, I totally agree with y'all. So what would you say is like the hardest part about having your own photography company is it balancing work and life how do you how do you handle that is that the biggest struggle or you think there's other things (laughs) if anyone knows how to balance work and life please let me know (laughs) Um, I do not know the secret to that it's something I try my very best to deal with every single day but um when you're shooting something as important as you know babies and weddings um you're literally giving so much of yourself. Um, It's a, you know, weddings are very, very long days. They're very, very stressful. Absolutely wonderful. Um, I also shoot births and that's another very beautiful and wonderful, but also very stressful thing. And you're giving a lot of yourself when you're shooting. And so it's so important that I also take care of myself. And I, I think one big mistake that I made when I was starting was I was so dedicated to that grind of doing nothing but focusing on the business and doing everything I could that I ended up getting super overwhelmed and I had to try to be like, all right, I need to take care of myself. And a huge part of that that I didn't realize was spending time with my family and friends. I didn't realize that I was making that sacrifice to focus on my work, but I didn't know that the happiness I would get from spending time with my family and my friends would make me a better photographer, videographer. I was a better, happier person while I was shooting. And so now it might seem like I'm not as available. And I hate that. The, the hardest thing for me is to say no to anyone because I, I was that yes person. And that was how I, when you're starting out, you say yes to everything. And then over the years, I've had to learn, I can't say yes to everything because me saying yes to these things means saying no to family and friends. And that's been, I think, one of the biggest adjustments now is I've realized that's so important. Like if I take too much time away from my friends and y'all can relate, you get together with a bunch of girls and you, hey, let's get together in our PJs and wine night and just eat and hang out. That Mm -hmm. is so good. Like for the soul, it's good for, it's just, you can't compare that. Your mental health. It's so important. And I think that as, um, photographer. I mean, I'm dealing with happy, happy stuff. I mean, it's stressful, but it's super happy. So to go through the highs and lows of that was really interesting, but I've learned now that I have to say no so that I can say yes to, to ultimately be, to be better at my job. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's super important to know that like when you're happy, it's going to like help everything else. So like, you can't just keep pushing when you're not in a good headspace because you're not going to produce as great of, you know, content or things because you're not happy yourself. So you got to take care of yourself to where you can do even better and make great work. Yes. And y'all know this too. It's not just a nine to five job. Um, and I know both of y'all know this, there's a lot of stuff that happens to get you to where you are. And it can seem really easy to judge like, Oh, you know, this is where they are, you know, how'd they get there? And I love the phrase. I think I actually learned this at a retreat. It was don't judge your chapter one by someone else's chapter 20. And I just love that because it's so true. You don't know all the things that go to get someone there. And, um, it's just something that when you're starting is so important that not to try to compare yourself to everyone, you know, be willing to do that grind, but at the same time, take care of yourself. That's something I really wish I did a long time ago because it would have been a lot easier for me and my family. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm so, so sad. I have no time for you. And then, um, you know, finally I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is what I needed. I needed to, to try to balance that and try to schedule it out. So, um, but I hate it though. It's hard, especially when we share a lot of our personal lives and, I know, I know photographers can relate to this when, you know, you leave a job, it's not done. You know, you have to sit there and put a lot of time into editing. And when you're out with family on a a day off, it might seem like, oh, they could, they had off that Sunday. They could have taken me for this photo shoot, but it's, you know, not realizing that that time is what I need to, you know, recoup from that full week of work so that I can kind of like recharge and feel good again and get ready for another full week. So um, it's definitely not something I thought of, but now I'm like, wow, okay, I really have to push for this because it's so important. Yeah. I mean, and it's so true. Like you've got to take care of yourself. Um, You know, is there anything like you were saying, like your journey? So is there anything that you would change or do you think that that's probably the main thing that you would like to tweak about your whole photography like journey and growth? I think the biggest thing I would change is getting help much, much earlier on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is so important. I can only do so much. And then when you get help from someone else, I had no idea that you can get and grow so much more because you take on help. And I thought at first that I had to do everything myself. And then once I realized... I need the help. That was, you know, one of the biggest things I would have changed. I know people can say, oh, I have no regrets or I wouldn't do anything different. And in a way that's true as far as, you know, the things that happen to get you where you are. But I, of course, you can look back and say, what would you do different? And I would have definitely gotten help much, much earlier than what I did. I think that's important because like a lot of people, and I even struggle with this too, like, knowing that you need to delegate because then it opens up so much more time for you to go and do other things. And the growth can happen so much quicker. Just if you take the time to like pull someone else in, help you out, delegate the small tasks. Um, I, it was like the, I, I read something where it was like the 10 minute tasks. Like those are the things where like, you need to have like some people and assistance. to so like the 10 minute tasks that like yeah, they're easy and you can do them, but if you would delegate and give them to someone else and you can do so much more and make more strides, you know, so like those 10 minute tasks, like really can add up and bog you down. And, you know, so I think that's, that's a really a good tip for everybody is like, if you need help, get help because there's so much more you can accomplish through that. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's important too to acknowledge that mistakes are going to happen. I think when I look back, the biggest thing I struggled with um, was I got overwhelmed. I, you know, I was saying yes to everything. And then it got to a point where I was running the business from the second I woke up until 
you know, maybe 10 o'clock if I wasn't shooting, you know, insert some shoots in that day too. And then I would edit until four in the morning. And then um, I actually love this part of my journey because it kind of reminds me of getting help, especially from a, a good friend. Um, my roommate in college, uh, we lived together for three years in uh, the, one of the sorority houses at LSU. And um, her name is Bailey and she is my best friend and she got a degree in business, went to Texas after school and hated her job. And I was so stressed out. And just like you tell your friends, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm juggling. I don't know how to handle this. I'm up all night. I'm editing late into the morning. And then I feel like I wake up in the morning and I hate the edit because I was too tired from working. And so she would kind of give me advice here and there on, you know, what she would do as, as a friend. And then finally she was like, look, I hate my job you need the help. Please hire me. And I was like, I can't afford you. There's no way I could hire you. It's just not possible. And she said, no, I'm, you're going to hire me and we're going to start small and we're going to work our way up. And I was like, okay. And the second I did that, it was the best thing I ever did. And I had no idea how much my business would grow, how much more successful I would be because I took on help. And it's funny when people are like, you know, when did you realize that you needed help? Or I, I didn't realize someone literally had to tell me you are you drowning. Need <laughs> you need help. And I felt so bad because looking back, my biggest mistake was that I wasn't able to do it all. And I felt bad. I was, I was delivering galleries and wedding videos so much later than what I wanted to, because I was trying to sustain the business and do so many managerial tasks that now she runs the entire company and I'm like, Hey, I'm Brooke. I'm ready to shoot your family. And here, let me just shoot your wedding. And so I really get to focus now on what I love, which is, you know, the photo um, video and editing aspect of it. And I have so much more energy to give to my families and my couples now because I hired on that help. And um, I just love that because what would we do without not only good friends, but like the right people in your corner that are good at what they do. You know, if I handed Bailey a camera, she would, <laughs> which I've done a few times to try to be like, Hey, like, let's take a picture. But she's like, I like handling the business side of things. Let you be the person behind the camera. And, um, it's just great. And I think it's awesome that, um, there's so many things we don't realize that we're capable of as far as business. I never thought I could be a photographer. She started a business running other photography businesses. And I think that's awesome too. So same thing for you guys, a swimwear line and you're freaking in the Olympics. Like, are you kidding me? We, these are things that we didn't know we could do, but you know, just along the way, you're like, wow, if I really just stick to this, I can make something of myself and do well. And I think that's awesome. And to know that it is okay to get help and it's okay to get help very early. <laughs> yes. That's so, so important. Yeah. I think it also like reflects too to like athletes as well just because like we're so stuck in our own ways that we just like want to do everything on our own and now I've come to realize maybe it's because I've gone a little bit older um that like I need like my my mental um help and I need my physical help and then I have like my coach and then my like physical training so it's like all those combined like that's what's going to make me like a much better athlete rather than me just being like oh yeah like let me just meditate before something. What is your, what is the future looking like for your photography? Oh gosh, that's so hard because I <laughs> don't know. I think becoming a mom was a huge thing for me. I put off having a baby because I worked so hard to get the business where it was. And, you know, my husband and I have been together almost 10 years at this point. Um, and, 
you know, I was just so focused on everything I'd built and I was so scared, you know, how is this going to change how I am? How am I going to be on wedding days? How am I going to feel? And it was something that I really struggled with. Even when I knew I was like, all right, we have to start having babies. Like this is a part of our life we have to dedicate to, but that was really hard to say, okay, how am I going to navigate this? And, um, Mm -hmm now I'm like mad at myself thinking that way because it's made it so much better. Mm-hmm. But, um, at the time I, I really didn't know, um, how I was going to feel, but, um, it's just hard to think about the future because I like to go in baby steps. I don't think I like to say in five years, I want to accomplish this. I think it's so important to kind of feel, all right, how am I feeling right now in life? And obviously have goals, but, don't just be so set on a plan. And if that plan doesn't happen, it's the end of the world. You know, we might have not been able to get pregnant. Um, that was something that was real for me. I have a bunch of different little things that, um, you know, the doctors were like, you might have a lot of trouble. This is something that you could possibly go through. And so if I would have said, if we don't get pregnant after this year, then, you know, this is going to happen, you know? So I don't like to say how long I'm going to be shooting weddings. I don't like to say, oh, I'm going to, I would love to have a studio one day, but I don't want to say, oh, I'm going to open a studio because I just want to take it as, as it's coming. And I think that the mental part of that is so important. And I don't want to bog myself down with, I won't feel successful if I don't, you know, open a storefront with my name on it. I don't want to put anything on myself like that. And so it's funny that you say, what are the future goals? Because right now I'm like, well, I just had a baby three months ago, which was a huge thing. Yeah. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Of course. No, but now looking forward, I'm like, okay, I've, how am I going to feel shooting weddings and babies and all those things? I feel absolutely freaking wonderful. I love it. I was so scared. What am I going to be too tired? Am I going to feel what's, what's going to go on my mental space? You get super hormonal after having a baby. And I, no kidding. That is a real thing. And it, <laughs> woo, it's a lot. So y'all buckle up for that. You're not there yet, but, um, oh, no. I mean, it's a lot. So I think that now I'm like, all right, I'm loving everything. I'm so happy to be working again. What's in it for the future. I think my biggest thing is just loving what I'm doing and continuing to love what I do. And when you do shoot weddings every single weekend, it can be hard. Um, and that's a lot with traveling too. When you're traveling, you're shooting things different every single time you're there. A lot of times in new Orleans, you're shooting a lot of the same locations and the couples are different, but it can be very similar. And so it's so important that you don't get burnt out from doing a lot of the same repetitive stuff, but you can still try to be just as creative, just as happy, just as excited, whether you're in New Orleans and you're 30 minutes away or you're across the globe. It's so important to still have those feelings. And so for me, my goal is to just continue to be better. Um, and that comes with in a creative industry, you know, wanting to push yourself to be creative, you know, how can I do things a little bit differently while still maintaining, um, your, your, your brand while still maintaining the things that you still deliver to your clients that they're expecting, you know, cause you do books so far in advance. And as a creative person, you change throughout that time. I want to stay consistent with what I've always delivered before, but while still growing as an artist, I think that's right. so important. So I know that I define success as like hitting my routine really well. And like obviously winning would be like something that I would define success. How do you define success? Oh gosh. For me, success is truly just being able to do this full time. The fact that I'm able to wake up and do what I love. It's such a cliche. Do what you love and don't work a day in your life. (laughs) Kind of a load of bull because you are working. It is work. (laughs) But I really do believe that when 
you are passionate about something and you love something so much that no matter what work is work and that love is going to get you through the work element of it. And so for me, success is truly just being able to do what I love. I knew after school, I didn't like certain jobs. And so I was like, okay, what can I do to do that? And I really believe that if someone is unhappy in their, in their current job, I can't imagine waking up and dreading going to work. I can't imagine sitting at a desk all day. I am such a huge, you know, if, you, if it takes the grind of doing multiple jobs, start something you love and try to make a career out of it. And even if you don't think you can, like there is a really good possibility that you can, if you're doing something that someone's willing to pay for, then try to go with that, especially if it's a passion. I was very scared back then. Um, and I was told you should be a photographer. You know, in college, I started taking pictures a lot more of my friends and, um, you know, right after school, I started eventually shooting weddings and that idea of being a photographer before then I thought I can't, it's a hobby. It's a passion. I can't make my job, my hobby, because then I won't love it. Or I won't enjoy it, but I don't think that's true. I really don't. I think to me, if you're waking up, you're doing what you love, that is success. And obviously the money comes into play. You want to provide for your family. You want a sustainable job that will help you, you know, live your day to day. But if you can do it with something that you love, like that is what is successful to me. It's not a dollar amount. It's not how many weddings I shoot a year. It's not where I go. It's just the ability to like do what I love and not be forced to do something that I don't because you really don't have to be forced. You can honestly do whatever you want. You just have to stick to it and know that that's going to not come easy. It's going to be really, really hard but it can get you to a place that you are the happiest you've ever been. And so, yeah, that to me is what success is. Did you ever, or do you ever think that like, like you made it, like you are here and you, <laughs> you, you have it, or do you think you'll never feel like that? Like, cause you're always like moving forward. You know, I don't, I don't, I think that's so funny. Like you feel like you made it. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think so at all. Um, I, this is just me. It's, it's not maybe the healthiest way to think, but I never think my work is good enough. I question myself with every gallery, with every film, with every single thing. I never think it's good enough. And it drives Bailey crazy. I'm like, can you please check this? I know you've looked at it already. Can you please look at it before we send it to the client? I just want to make sure because it's just my way of keeping myself accountable. I never want to settle or be complacent in where I am as a photographer, videographer, I always want to try to be getting better. And so for me, I don't think I have a mindset of I made it because I feel like when you think you've made it, you're, you feel like you're done. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely not done. I want to do this as long as I possibly can. I love this more than anything in the world, you know, next to, you know, my family, my friends, but, um, it's something that I don't want to feel like, all right, I'm done. I'm good. I can just hang out and, you know, coast with where it's at. Yeah. Like I, constantly want to get better. And I feel like it's like I said before, it's, it's good to not say I have to do this by this time. I don't want to put like a time frame to anything, but in general, I just want to constantly be better. How could I get each session improved? Like how could I, you know, let the client experience be better? So it's just something that I've always felt like it's not good enough, but it's, it's my healthy way of keeping myself in check of no, you have to keep getting better. You have to, you can do that. But I, I think of it in a healthy way of, I'm not too, too hard on myself, but it just kind of lets me say, all right, I have to, 
you know, I'll get really excited when, um, you know, everything's perfect, the lighting, the weather, you know, the couple's, you know, love for each other just comes through. Like, obviously that's something that I'm like, yes, that was an amazing, um, gallery and I love it. I'm so excited. And I am, I think my work is good. I don't, I don't think it's bad, <laughs> but, um, it's just, I don't want to ever feel like, oh yeah, I've got it in the bag or, oh yeah, I've got it. That's just such a weird way to think to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. That's, that's a healthy way of like, you know, holding yourself accountable, like you said, but also like, you know, making sure, um, that like you stay growing and getting better constantly. So you mentioned that you listen to podcasts all the time. You even reach out to other photographers or creatives if you're looking for inspiration. Is there anybody else that you really like pay attention to for inspiration or motivation when you're feeling, when you're having like those little lulls? Um, you know, it's funny. I think when I get into one of those creative lulls, it's really just because, um, of, of either me not taking time with my family, not taking time with my friends. And I think that all it takes is a session where, um, I feel like, oh my gosh, like everything was just working out perfectly. You know, we didn't get a rainy day, you know, everything was great. Everyone was happy. Um, I'll leave a session like that and feel like a million dollars and I'll feel reignited. It's not necessarily like, I need to go do a specific thing. It can be as simple as me taking a bath every night. I'm a huge bath person. It allows me to unwind. I, that is my self-care. It helps me just be by myself and just kind of like, all right, what do I have to do? How did today go? You know, what's going on? And I think that sometimes when I get in those creative ruts, it's just because I'm not taking time for myself. But um, as far as inspiration goes, I think it's just important to, for me personally, I need to change up what I'm doing a little bit, like I kind of mentioned before, it can be hard shooting in the same locations. And for me, a lot of that was traveling and doing weddings outside of just locally. But, and you know, that really ignites a creative, um, you know, passion, even if it's just a new venue or something I've never shot before, or um, a, a couple that is like, hey, um, I'm in a wheelchair or whatever it is, like that's, that's a challenge for me. Or Something like that that I've never done before definitely makes me feel like, okay, I'm feeling re-inspired and all that. It allows me to kind of balance out whatever I'm approaching, even if it's something like I've said is a local place I've shot over and over again or something I've never done before. I think I take inspiration from my surroundings and what's going on in my life and how I'm feeling. So I think whenever I do get in those lulls, it's just important for me to, all right, check myself out. Do I need to take a bath? Do I need to book a massage. Like, you know, those days are very long, um, take care of my body, things like that. So, um, yeah. <laughs> no, that's really cool. I think it's always interesting to hear if people look externally or internally for their inspiration. And it's always one of my favorite questions to figure out how people operate. Cause everybody's just so different. Um, so what advice would you give for girls who are, you know, starting their own journeys or maybe, facing that early adversity of like, okay, I'm not happy with what I'm doing. I need to make something work. Like what is like one piece of advice that you would give, you know, girls going through that? That's so hard. It's a big loaded question. Guys. I know. I know. <laughs> wow. What would I tell someone? Um... Or like think about your, I don't know, 15 year old self, 18 year old self, 22 year old self. Like if there is a piece of advice for that, you know, those those times of like kind of questioning things and looking for like some guidance. What's some advice? Okay. I will tell you a story. I feel like this was yesterday. I was 
in high school and I was sitting in the driveway in um, the car with my mom and I was bawling my eyes out because once again, I did not make the cheerleading team. I didn't make the dance team. I was not an athlete. And I vividly remember crying to my mom saying, I have no talent. I am so left out. Everyone is on a team. Everyone's on a sport. I'm not good at cheerleading. I'm not good at dancing. I am not good at any type of sport at all. Um, Track, like literally none of it. So I was sitting there just feeling so ostracized in that time of my life. And my mom, obviously, like any mom, was like, you are so talented. There's so many things you're good at. But to me, I was like, my life's over. It's so embarrassing. I didn't make tryouts again. And I worked at it um, all this time. And, you know, last year I worked so hard and I didn't get it. And it's funny because what kind of propelled me into art is not making those teams. And I had to pick in high school, are you going to pick PE or are you going to pick art class? And I got to the point where I picked art and then I was the president of the art club, guys. You know, I love <laughs> art and I love to paint and I love to draw. And eventually I started taking a, um, they had a digital media class and we would alter photos on a computer. And um, that was my first little dabble in, um, you know, dealing with computers and things like that. And um, from there, it just kind of ignited that passion for the arts and creativity. And looking back as a high school person, I never knew that this was something that I could do. Um, And I wish I did. I wish I, I wish I felt like it's okay to not be in a box of, you know, a sport or a dance or a cheer, a gymnastics even. I wish that I didn't feel like that. But now I'm like, you know, I do have a talent. And, you know, my talent is something that I didn't realize early on in life, but it's something that I, you know, nourished and, you know, worked at throughout my life. But I think the biggest advice I would tell someone younger, like my 15-year-old, 14-year-old self is that it's okay that you don't know what's around the corner. And I know that that is cliche to say, but it's really true because I remember feeling so helpless and so like not good enough. And then now I'm, I'm so much more confident and I feel like I have a talent. I have a talent mom. You do. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's so important. And for, you know, it's true. They have like societal pressures and just like the mainstream, this is what you should do or how you should, you know, what you should even go after. And I think it's, it's warped. I think it's, it's outdated. And I think it is important for people who are looking for passions and looking for more fulfillment to know that there's different avenues of just like that, you know, mainstream look like it doesn't have to look like that. And so I think that's really, it's, that's important. And like a good piece of advice to give to any young girl is to know, like, go after it, try things that you love and that are outside the box, because those are the things that like, you can surprise yourself like you did and fall in love with it and look where it got you. Oh, hundred percent. And it's amazing too, to see the journey of other girls. And that's why I love what y'all do so much. Even thinking about a girl um, that I knew in college briefly, and um, she made a huge career for herself and has a huge team under her and um, doing a hair salon, opening up a hair salon. That's amazing. Yeah. That's something that you don't think of when you're, you're 15 or in high school, that doesn't fit in the box that we're presented, but 
you know, even something like that. Or if you are like, I love doing my nails. There are so many amazing nail artists out there that make an absolute killing. This is terrible. I am not a good proponent for that because <laughs> I cannot get my nails done because I tear them up from the gear so much when I'm changing out lenses and equipment and we do video. And so it's very quick. So anytime I try to get a manicure, it just goes on the toilet. But if that is something that you love and you're really good at, then you, there's nothing stopping you from making an absolute amazing career out of it. And I just think it's really important to think outside the box. You're not just the typical, you don't have to do the corporate job. You don't have to do it, but it's going to take work to get there. So if you can try to mix a passion with something, then absolutely go for it and don't hold back because it's, it's, you it's so happy and wonderful and awesome. I absolutely love where I am now. And thinking back, it's hard because I'm like, wow, uh, there are so many twists and turns to this story. And it's very confusing. And even myself, I'm like, oh, wait, did I do that? Did I not do that? How, how did I get here? What, what happened? What, I blinked. And then here I am all these years later. But it's so important to just, you know, nourish. And um, it's so important to just focus on what you love. And if you can try to make that your life, because it, oh, it's so awesome. I love my, yeah, I love it I, so much. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, you can see that and it translates through your work. Um, so Aww. if you, if you're listening, if you haven't seen Brooke's photography and film, she is absolutely amazing. So, um, all this passion that you feel and are listening to and hearing right now, it definitely is through her, Aww, her pictures. So <laughs> well, we like to end every podcast with like, our mantra and so my mantra is she believed she could so she did and Cameron's is have courage and be kind so what is your mantra y'all I do not have a mantra that I live by every day that's absolutely incredible I, I can relate to both of those I think being kind is so important. If you are kind at your, in, if, if you are just kind, it will get you so far. Even if you start at the bottom of wherever you are, I swear being kind is, is number one. Um, that's so important. I am not for mean girl, men, all that oh, no. stuff. <laughs> I was really never a part of in school in college. Like I'm really thankful that, um, Gosh, it's so important just to be kind. And as simple as that, it costs nothing to be kind, but it's so important. And um, that can be your mantra. Whole... It costs nothing to be kind. There you go. Yeah. There's your mantra. Yeah. <laughs> I'll steal it. Thank you. Thank you for helping me with that, y'all. I, I just don't have a mantra that I live by every day where I'm like, all right, this is, this is my mission statement, you know, yeah. but I can totally relate to even just, you know, going for what you want and thinking that you can do it doesn't, you know, you can do it. If you think you can do it, you can do it. It's possible. It's going to be hard to get there. It's not going to be easy, but you can do it. And I can relate to both of those. But um, I think um, jokingly, it's really simply and cheesy, but just, you can just take lemons and make lemonade because that's literally been my life. I feel like I've just been thrown constant lemons and you just do what you can. And then the outcome is so unexpected and wonderful and amazing, but, um, being thrown something like a curveball, a roadblock, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. And then also don't take the first no. Like that's something that I think my mom instilled in me was, you know, if someone's telling you, no, 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 like I was in high school, everything I tried out for was a constant no. And then it was a yes, you know, and I never thought that, but being thrown all these curveballs or lemons or jobs that I hated 
eventually it gets you to where I wanted to be. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know y'all. That's awesome. No, I think that's a great one too. <laughs> I know that's awful that I, I, you know what? New goal for today is get a, get a mantra guys. Please, <laughs> if you have suggestions. <laughs> oh man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and we're so lucky to have you. And I learned, I learned so much and I'm sure Cameron did too. Um, I did. So yeah. thank you. Of course, y'all. Anytime. I love talking to you guys and I absolutely love what you're doing. I think, um, gosh, if only people had this, you know, back when how many people's lives would be changed. So keep doing this. It's amazing. And thanks for having me. Y'all are awesome. And that's a wrap for this week's episode of the 3G podcast.